Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet.arsenalpodcast.net. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. After a bleak couple of weeks in which you've had to put up with um, Josh hosting on his own and then me hosting on my own, we're back together. The dream team. Welcome, back together. Sidekick, sidekick Josh. It was a great listen. Listened while I was on holiday to the podcast. Oh, thanks. And you're, you're doing multiple podcasts so these days. Podcasts. You're. I Too don't many. know how I feel about it. No. At first I was kind of thinking it's sort of cheating, but then yeah. different podcasts, different needs. Exactly, they're very different. They, yeah, although we did, I did have um, both footballs. Sapphire on different. both podcasts last week. I mean, do you reckon <laughs> that's some very hardcore listenership? People that want yeah. to listen to two of you twice in a week. Me and Sapphire. Was yeah. it a similar topic? Some crossover, really. Yeah. But not, no, no. I tried to make sure there was hardly any. There was just a little bit, tiny little bit. Anyway, anyway. our proper guests this week are Laith. Finally, back, here he is. Finally, here he is. We were yeah. going to say Laith. You, you, you're seventeen minutes late. If it was a Harsh. press conference, you'd have, you'd have missed it all. Lates hot-footed it. He's a journalist. He's hot-footed it from Lords. Yes. Where you're watching a sport known as cricket. Yes, absolutely. My beloved Middlesex covering for the Islander Gazette as well. Another dreadful performance after another I mean, dreadful summer, basically. But I, I consider anything to do with cricket to be dreadful, frankly. No, I'm, oh, I'm, no Don't I'm, say I'm, that, boys. Oh, don't say that. It's just, it's just boring. So anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about that. Leif is a, a highly respected journalist for the Islington Gazette. <laughs> the busiest, uh, I mean, non-stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. Event after event, exactly. Stevenage, Arsenal, cricket, <laughs> non-stop. He's a busy man, so we'll allow the fact that he's 12 minutes late. Yeah. 17. Um, and we're joined for the first time by Dean of AFC Camden fame, or AF Camden, on the Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. That is correct. With 70, how many followers have you got on Twitter? Uh, last time I checked, 75,500. When he says last time, he means he checked yeah. five minutes ago. I really 70, no, I just checked. 75. And that's <laughs> not far behind you, boy, though. I know. That's scary. I wasn't following him till today as well. So you were on 76.8. Let's have a race to right, 80. I am coming for you, boy. Go, go for it. Um, but this is your first ever, even though you're an Arsenal expert and you've accrued that many followers purely on your Arsenal knowledge, yep. this is your first ever podcast. Am I right? Am I right? 
Absolutely correct. In fact, I may have done one or two five or six years ago. Oh, However, we don't count them. This is my first official Excellent. podcast appearance. It's an honour and a privilege. We should say we are sponsored for the season by Labrooks. Um, check out bet.arsenalpodcast.net for all the bets, basically, you can do with them. Um, let's, shall we discuss our first victory of the season, the non-triumphant 3-1. I say non-triumphant because... I felt the performance was flawed, deeply flawed. But at least we did get the victory and you know some positives to take from it. I guess so I guess the first question is what positives, Leith, do we take from that victory, albeit it was a deeply flawed performance? Yes, absolutely. Where'd you start? Um main positive is the fact they got three points. Mm. So um so Emery's uh Emirates off to uh to a winning start after losing their first two games, basically. So um, that's the main positive. Obviously, the fact they showed a bit of character and coming down from coming back from one 0 down as well, that was a good thing. But I was talking to someone the other day about this, and I, I'm not sure I can bear another season of inept defending. And I know there's so much more to come from Emery. I, mean, I, I see him every week at, at London Colney and oh, yeah, yeah. in the press conferences after the games. And he's a very intelligent man. He, he's, he, it's great there's change there. He's obviously proved that he's not afraid to make decisions by hauling Awobi off after you know during during half time. Basically, there's so much more to come, but we just can't defend. And I was obviously at Chelsea, I'm, I'm sure you guys were as well, obviously the Man City game. We were, we were just not very good at defending. And we haven't been very good at defending for a very long time. Yeah. And I know he's got so much goodwill, and deservedly so, because I like him as well. And, and you were more, more than happy to give him yeah. you know, a long time to get it right. But it just didn't look like, well, it looked like an Arsenal team, basically, <laughs> because I couldn't defend. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Because... Um, People are saying, like a lot. Of, I've seen a few pundits say about our performances this season. Well, it's just the same as it was under Wenger, talking defensively, particularly. Yeah. I think, and it does seem that way. But isn't it actually? Isn't weirdly the problem that he's arrived? You know, seemingly one hopes more with paying more attention to preparation and defence, and seemingly, you know, he's got all these videos. He's obsessively shows them videos of opposition and all that. But he's installed this new system, which is the, this high press, high. Yeah. What if, you know this um, you know pressing from the front and the high line and leaving which leaves which just our current players that he's using to play this new system aren't a aren't used to b clearly can't do it properly and yeah. certain of the players can't even begin to press I mean one of them we'll talk about later Urzel who wasn't selected for that game obviously or had a cold one of the two anyway we'll get on to that but isn't that the problem that he's playing this new if he did maybe if he'd have stuck to I don't know maybe if he hadn't brought in such a radical new way of playing, he might have been able to knit the defence together. Is that fair? Or do you think, no, it's his new man. He should be bringing in, making them play in a different way. And at least there is an identity to the way they're playing. That was a very long question. So <laughs> to answer in any way you see fit. So, so where do I start? Um, yeah. I think um, it's a good point you make. I think we have to understand that Emery's philosophy is not too dissimilar to Wenger's in terms of he wants to play a flamboyant style of football. He wants to play a possession-based game, also with a higher press. Um, so what it means is he's trying to implement his new philosophy on a team, which is not too different to what Wenger had. Um, and if we were looking for a manager to come in and just completely shut up shop, you know, set up like a Simeone potentially, um, that's not what we're going to get with Emery. Uh, we have to understand that his style of play is going to be progressive, possession. It's also going to be a high press. Um, and if you look at the teams all around the world that play that style of football, um, they are and they do tend to be quite wide open defensively. So what it means is we're going to need a midfield which can cover ground 
and make up for it. If you look at Man City last season, whilst they played some fantastic football going forwards, if you got the ball in the right areas, you could really, really hurt them and you could score goals against them. They were just so good going forward mm. that they didn't care about how many times you got chances, how many goals you scored against them. You know, they would score more than you. Um, and I think Emery's philosophy is not completely the same as, as Guardiola's, no. but it is a progressive yeah. style of football and it will take us some time to adapt to it. And I agree with that. And I've been saying, so yeah. my, my constant, and I'm sure listeners are already bored with yeah. it, my constant cry is, if, I totally agree with that. And mm-hmm. I think, and so my thing, I, I can accept the terrible defence, as you say, yeah. which we've been, let's face it, we've been used to now mm-hmm. for a decade or for more. Sure. Mm-hmm. I can accept it, particularly in this, with him as a new manager, if mm-hmm. he picked best defensive players, and yeah. I mean all of them, yeah. as City do. Who would you so, like him, boy? It's got to start with Lacazette. I would have Lacazette on the first name on the team sheet, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, ahead of Aubameyang, but I definitely think you can play them together, as he did in the second half. Put Aubameyang out wide, it's fine. He's not even, it doesn't have to be that wide anyway. Just he's, If he wants to stick with this system, play Aubameyang, the wider player. Lacazette, in, as soon as he came on, he knitted that play together better than it was, who was it came on for? Iwobi. Iwobi. Mm-hmm. And, and Aubameyang isn't the kind of player anyway who particularly, I think, wants to be a lone striker. Whereas Lacazette is absolutely loving it. And they clearly enjoy playing with, it, with each other. There's a lot of interplay, I think, between the two of them. And I also think it's partly, by the way, why Ozil's a bit pissed off, because I think he likes playing with both of them and doesn't mm-hmm. particularly enjoy I think, uh, for me, Ozil always is, a, he always seems happiest when he's surrounded by players he considers to be worthy of him. I don't think he thinks people like Iwobi are worthy of him. And I know that's unfair. But I think, and so for me, play Ozil, play Lacazette, play Aubameyang, play Mkhitaryan even, if you can sort that out. I don't know about Ramsey. I know you're a big Ramsey fan. <laughs> Ramsey did, like, did, did fine on Saturday, I thought. Yeah. But you've got to work out, because that's what City do. That's what Liverpool do. Yeah. That's why, I mean, Liverpool's defence is now sourced brilliantly. But I agree with you about City. They do have open, they're up. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because they're playing this brilliant attack line. Sure. We've potentially got a brilliant attack line. You're just not picking them all. Well, he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't had time yet to entirely work it out. But yeah. you, you're talking here about the, the one change which might well happen anyway. I think it's probable that on Sunday at Cardiff it will be exactly that. It will but be. But we all thought that was happening yeah, against West Ham at home and he didn't do well, it. Well, sure. I think Iwobi had done all right at Stamford Bridge, had possibly done enough to sort of warrant a place in the team. And for all Iwobi's strengths, weaknesses, the idea with Iwobi is that you get, you, get, you get that running back, you get the tracking back, you get non stop sort of energy that, you know, were to Stafford Bridge, I think maybe he, you know, fair enough, he was given an opportunity at home to West Ham. But you, if the criticism is of a defence, if you talk about a back five and a goalie in our back four, we've only had one change. You know, you're talking about huge change at Arsenal. We've had five players come in to the club. Only one at the centre-back, you know, because Shelney's out. So actually, were Koscielny fit, we wouldn't have any changes in our, in our back five at the moment. And yet, it's been yeah. a horror. Yeah, and, but that's to do with the, the, the start of play, as I was saying. Well, it's, it's it's because, because of what's going on in front of them to... and how confident they feel to step up or yeah. to go back. There's definitely something in there. Um, one thing that did strike me, you know, just watching the game on TV as I was away, I'm not sure I felt that indifferent to Arsenal letting in a goal in the Premier League as I did when that first goal went in. It was just, oh, this is sort of what we are now. We're used to it. This is, this is now what we are. And I cannot envisage how this season we are going to get in the top four and I can't envisage how we're going to finish seventh or lower. And, it, and it's, sort of, it's a really strange feeling. Even last mm. season, you thought, well, maybe, maybe there's something we can there, we can push to the top four. Already, well, I just no cannot... The, only you thought that. No one else in the right mind thought that. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I was totally <laughs> alone in that. And even no, if you look yeah, at the odds, odds <laughs> at the start of this season, we were like two to one to get in the top four, which you know, is a fine chance. 
maybe if this crisis at Man United continues, you could say we might find a way to come above them. But playing that way defensively, and it's not like we've got huge injuries, you know, this is what we've got until December. Yeah. How on earth are we going to get into that top four? You know, already this season, we're just looking forward. I'm looking forward to Europa League away trips. Can't wait for the draw on Friday. Um, But hold on, hold on. And and this is is where we're at. But but that's but at least now we've been this way for for five six seven years, Josh. You just you have you've been fooling yourself into thinking we somehow have a chance to win the league under Wenger, which obviously we never did. No, so not we, to win the league, but to be a top four. And you're making now, it sound like we were. You're suddenly depressed. At least now. I think we were worse defensively on Saturday than we were. I mean, you think no, about how we how were. How quickly hang we on, forget. remind me. Hang on, remind me a home game in the league last season, like excluding you know Man City, who are obviously the best team in the league. Where against it, you don't forget we beat every single team we finished um, above, didn't we, at home last season? Yeah. I can't remember a home game that season. We all looked that shit. We beat West Ham. 3-1. But that, you know, considering that many good chances, I mean, you know, expected goals from those opportunities we gave away. I, I'm not criticising Emery. This isn't, oh, I love Wenger and Emery's in. But that was, it was really poor Saturday. Like A better team with better strikers would have killed us. You know, it would have been over. Um, and, you know, obviously it flattered us with a third goal very late on, you know, and and the second goal obviously was a, a bit of a free cone goal. But it shows you things, isn't it? The whole point is, would you rather he stuck with the way we played? We had no, by the way, you know, we had he has no to, identity. He can't quit now. He can't quit after three games. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying would you rather he quit. I'm saying would you rather he stuck to the old boring Wenger way of playing, which in the end... You and I disagree on it being boring. Unbelievably, so, there was yeah. no identity to it at all, in my opinion. We ended up being this kind of mediocre, kind of attractive football, but actually a bit boring, no pace... And a crap defence. At least now he's got the he's got the um, fullbacks bombing up. I mean, you know, the fact is, Hector Bellerin. Early to say this. Don't, don't, we, don't, we were okay on. at home last year. Let's see H- what we do away from home. Josh, Hector Bellerin made two assists, and Monreal scored. Now that's a new way of playing. That the Monreal scored win. quite a few goals last year in assists. Monreal's a key fancy football <laughs> yeah. player. I doubt you're a fancy football player. <laughs> anyway, he's that is a different way of playing, and it's partly why. We left wide open at the back, obviously, but at least that is a new thing, you know. With the, with, isn't it? Back yeah. me up, Leith. Yeah. He's bringing a new start of play, which is going to take these players. Leith is just feeling benef- bad for being late. That's why <laughs> yeah, I backed yeah, you I'm up. Yeah. Now, um, to, go, to go back to what you were saying about um, Bamiyang, I, I did a story the other week, as did a few other outlets, about the fact that he said he was happy to play out left with Lacazette in the middle yeah. because he, he saw Lacazette as potentially the, 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 the striker who can get, get more goals. Was at Chelsea the other week. Obviously, missed a couple of chances there at mm. Bamiyang. So you could try that. I just don't see how you can play both of them in the side. Going back to Wobi as well. You don't I, see how what? Did you say? I don't think you can play both up front together. Oh no, no, no. So but, you're but, never going to play a two. But you're never so, gonna... Yeah, but you have one of them slightly wider together. But, yeah. You know, no. if, if Spurs can play what's his name and um, Harry Kane, Mora, Mora and Harry Kane, then we can. That's not too dissimilar, are they? It's like you've got to be. I, I think we've all been trapped in this kind of mindset. This I have to, and I keep, I know we keep reverting to seeing everything through the Wenger, no Wenger, right? But it's like mm. you can play that way. Just look at Spurs; they play that way against Man United away, and there was a triumph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to say was um, obviously Iwobi was playing out left at Chelsea, and, and Josh is right; he had a really good game. I remember after two days at the Cheltenham Festival going to Barcelona to cover Arsenal out there a couple of years ago in the Champions League. And he had an absolute stormer. I remember coming back from Barcelona yeah. going straight to Everton. Mm-hmm. He scored a goal up there at Goodison Park. He was brilliant. He's absolutely regressed over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Emery has got him going again, basically. So yeah. if you're going to play him, and obviously Emery wasn't afraid to make big decisions on Saturday by hauling him off at half time. But if you are going to play Emery, um, Iwobi, you're going to play him on the left, which means where, where's Aubameyang going to go unless you're going to play yeah. two up front. So that's the thing. But to go back to the original point, 
look at you know you were talking about Man City yeah absolutely they were brilliant but where has it come from it's come from Bravo at the back after Guardiola's made a couple of errors with other keepers basically sure. you cannot play that system with Petr Cech as much as yeah. you could compare him to say a 21st century Pat Jennings in as much as he's come <laughs> from another big London club he's on the cusp of sort of winding into veteran status so he deserves respect for his achievements but he's not potentially mm-hmm. playing that well for Arsenal we cannot play the pressing system, the high press with checking goal. He spent 20 million on Leno. Why isn't he playing? Yeah. I was at Colney at the start of the season. Um, like I'll be there tomorrow or Friday, I should say, ahead yeah. of Cardiff. And someone asked a question about Leno. And Emery was a bit equivocal. And I was been thinking like, he's just spent 20 million on his keyboard. What did he, was, he, say? he was just basically saying, you know, who's going to be your number one? He gave a really rambling mm, answer right. that didn't, didn't back either of them, basically. And it was just mm. like, well, you've spent 20 million on, on arguably the Bundesliga's best sweeper keeper. Mm-hmm. Why not play him? Why not play and him from play, the start? And he spent a lot of money on Torreira. And Absolutely. Did you see yeah. this? Dean, to be fair, is this because... Is it, is it two things? I, I, I suggested this a couple of weeks ago, that he's, yeah. is he giving the old players, like Czech and like um, Xhaka mm-hmm. even that their chance and he's going yeah. alright like, I'm, I'm not going to revolutionise things I'll give, the, I'll give the, staunch, the staunch kind of players who play practically every single game mm-hmm. their chance to show if they're good enough under me and can play the system or and particularly with Torreira is he going the world, late back from the World Cup but most managers you know Eden Hazard didn't play did he the first two games fully yeah. came on yeah. so I can see that but I think that the Czech thing is slightly weird because I agree that he's not he cannot play football yeah. <laughs> for that what do you think do you think, he, do you think this makes sense or is, is he going to phase in Leno um, I agree I don't think Czech is your, your your number one option if you want to play that style of football he's not a natural with the ball, of it, ball at his feet therefore we're going to suffer as a result and he's very left-sided, which cuts off a lot of his angles when he's trying to play those passes. But I think if we look, zoom out and look at the big picture with Emery, I think we really have to give him three transfer windows to really overhaul this squad. Karen Emerson said four. Yeah, <laughs> and, and make this squad his own. You know, yeah, We have to remember the tenure that Wenger had was 22 years, something we'll never see again. And a lot of these players have been almost institutionalised. You know, yeah, they play a certain way because yeah. it's ingrained into them. And when I mean ingrained into them, nothing was ingrained into them. It's very cavalier. I'm going to create an environment for you to play. And they've sort of learned on the, off the cuff. So I think we have to understand that it's going to take time. And I think there have been some questions around his player selection, uh, team selections. Um, and I've not been, you know, overly impressed by them so far. However, I think we just have to really, really, you know, sit back, trust that process with Emery. I think we have to understand his style of football is going to be quite open, similar to Wenger, hopefully a bit more structured, how we used to attack, you know, even yeah. the, you know, the, the years where we weren't winning any trophies. We played some amazing football. Like, our, our attacking football was really structured. There was purpose with the way we played. And I feel like if you look at the second goal at Chelsea, we're moving back to that now. We're having structure when we attack. Players know where they should be. Um, but I do think we need to you know, remember that with an attacking style of play, you look at Liverpool, you look at Manchester City, you look at Manchester United when they try to play an open style of football, they get picked off just like Tottenham. Um, you know, uh, just like what happened with Tottenham yeah. the other day. Um, we need to understand that that's, that can happen with Arsenal. You know, we need yeah. better one-to-one defenders who yeah. can defend one-to-one like Manchester City have invested. And we need a midfield engine. And I am a fan of Xhaka, but we need an engine that can cover ground because there are going to be gaps. Is so, it Torreira that's supposed to be that player? 100%. Um, I think he might just be phasing in him yeah. in. I think yeah. Wenger did that with a number of players, yeah. even with Alexis Sanchez to a certain degree, he sort of phased him in um, over a period of time before he really started every game. Do we think Torreira, Josh, I mean, I, I, I hope he picks him to start yeah. the game because, again, when he came on, I thought he looked terrific. But do we want him to play with Xhaka or do we want him to play with Guendouzi, who's been... 
a brilliant. He's been our most exciting new signing, isn't he? I'm not so convinced. Far. I'm not convinced Torreira will come in on Sunday because Xhaka seems to be had the holdover Wenger every single mm. league game last year. You know that's extraordinary. Any Premier League club to play all 38 Premier League mm. games, mm. one to be fit for 38 games and two not to be rested. Incredible. And he's gone with him, yeah. and and maybe maybe they see something that you know we we don't. Or there's a stability, or they just you know he seems to be popular. I don't think you can take Guendouzi out out of the team right now. Um, he took I, him I, off quite early, didn't he? Team off quite uh, early. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the two of them start start again on Sunday. I expect that. I think the change will just be it won't be won't. Bamiyan comes out there, Lacazette goes up top, and and we see if Ozil's. Ill or not ill, <laughs> then there's Let's, an we'll issue. We'll talk about that in a second. Just quickly on on the Torreira not starting Torreira thing, but it, it's got isn't for me. If it's if you buy this player, he's now got to, he's phasing him in. I understand that, but you got to, you got to start him at some point. Surely get Cardiff. So my theory, I think what will happen, we, we you know you're talking about check there, and Le- Leno actually made some comments about you know in the to sport building that came out in the press today that I'm convinced that my change in terms of coming to Arsenal was the right decision. I'm not crazy. It may take a few weeks or months, but my time here will come. And I think we'll have that period come the end of September when we have those first couple of Europa League games, when we have the next round, third round of the Carabao Cup, where Leno will get games, Torreira will get games, and that might be the time where they start okay. to come into the team isn't and they stay weird, in though, the team. But it, it, it's going to take until then, I think. It's slightly weird that he's um, making these team selections and then he makes these very early, like half-time substitutions. He's made two half-time substitutions he, so far and one almost soon, quite soon after half-time. Mm-hmm. So isn't that, he's, he's almost like admitting, isn't that, I mean, you've got it wrong, really. It's to me. So do we think, isn't that a good thing? that He's dealing with his mistake, but they're definitely the, mis- the, the, the selection mistakes. Surely, like picking, bring Lacazette on at half-time, specifically against West Ham, which, did work, but he's the one who didn't pick him from the start. Which way do you go on that? Do you know what I mean? It's, conf- it's confusing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah I think you're right. I mean, but but the thing is, if you are going to make a change at half time, it shows you you're bold enough, and it shows you yeah. you believe in your principles enough, and you you're not so stubborn as to wait until the 67th minute every week, basically. But to go back to um, Xhaka, I mean, I, I completely agree with what Josh says as well. Xhaka is not a box-to-box midfield. He's not dynamic enough for that. He's not creative enough to be a number 10. He's not disciplined enough to be a defensive midfielder in terms of the shield, head of the back four, back three. So why is he playing? And I can understand that, like you all say, to where it is going to be phased in because he's had a big World Cup. He need, you know, he's probably behind in terms of his pre-season preparation. He will play over the next couple of weeks. But Guendouzi, I actually saw him play for... France under-18s at Peterborough on a freezing cold night at London Road a couple of years ago. I just wanted to scout a couple of players and he really, really impressed me then. He's obviously a PSG Academy player, came through, played for Lorient. Um, Emery was asked him out the other week and he said he had, he had his eye on him from mm. when he was in, in Spain and France, basically. So, Guendouzi and, for me, Torreira will be that midfield shield, right, right. basically, is hopefully, it, in Jacques, the next is, couple of weeks. Is, is the mystery of Jacques, is it, is, yeah. I mean, the, the, people say he knits the play together. Is that, yeah. um, so, people were saying in the second game, well, who was that against? Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea, thank you. Yeah. That when he, he went off, wasn't he? He was substituted. Absolutely. And then we didn't, and, and to be fair, we weren't, our second performance was slightly, was kind of a bit more over the place, to be fair. Yeah. Are you, it, maybe, that's, Clearly, is what he provo- what he's supposed to do is knit the play together from the midfield. Is it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so I, that, would we miss that if he's not playing? That, that Chelsea game, I did about three rewrites in the first half. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, that was like four games in one. Yeah, we pulled it back to two all, and then yeah. it was like they, no, they almost bottled it. It was like we should have gone, and we should have yeah. won that game. But do you, do you think we should stick with Xhaka? Absolutely, um, I'm a huge fan, so I have to say, I, a I huge dis- fan of Xhaka. That's I a rare thing um, to hear. I think um, what I see in him is I see a player that connects all thirds of the play. 
Um, so you'll see him receive the ball in the first third and then he'll receive it in the second third and then he'll receive it in the third third. So he might not always play the final killer ball. I appreciate he has got some defensive issues, you know, around concentration, positioning. Um, but I see enough in his build-up play, especially for the type of football Emery wants to play, that we need a conductor in midfield that plays the right pass and then in receipt of the ball... He's in the right position to play the next pass. Um, and it's something that gets overlooked in football quite often. But these players that nip the play from defence to attack are, are really important. So, so, so where would you fan. play him, just out of interest? Would you so play I play him, him next to Torreira. Further forward? So I play him in a, in a two next to Torreira. And I think Torreira could prove to be the perfect foil for him in terms of he's got the legs to cover the ground. He's got the defensive mindset where he's going to be a bit more reserved. Whereas Guendouzi, who I really like and think is going to be a superstar, is still a bit cavalier. And you'll find him charging up the field, trying to make a tackle where he shouldn't. Um, out of position quite a bit against Chelsea. Um, I think we really need to give Xhaka and Torreira a go. I revert back to the Charity Shield a couple of years ago, Chelsea, when we won on penalties. Xhaka was unbelievable. I think he had a captain's armband. No, actually, Czech had the captain's armband, but he really just controlled that game from start to finish. And if you have a look at the Chelsea game, the moment he came off, we had absolutely no build-up play. And whenever we had mm. the ball in the defensive third, we just cleared it and it kept coming mm. back, kept coming back. Yeah, that's true. Had a few breakaways. I almost had... felt they all decided in that game that they were going to settle for a draw. It was weird. Yeah, and but also know, you have yeah. to think about the mindset. When you're 2-0 down, you've got yeah. nothing to lose, so yeah. you go for it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you've got something to lose again. And typical yeah. Arsenal, we bottle we'll, it. We've but... got to take a break. Um, but we won't come out from the break. It's also time to remind you that the Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet.arsenalpodcast.net. And we're back. So, Ozil. Lots of things to discuss. I read, so I know in, I, I don't listen to any other Arsenal podcasts because I, I feel it would ruin me for this, but I did see, so I, but I do look at... I'm surprised what, you're not doing any other Arsenal podcasts <laughs> well, at the moment, boys. Not yet, not yet. Um, but what I did see was people attacking another Arsenal podcast... For even discussing Which one Ozil, that? I can't remember Can to be honest. They all merge into one. They're probably, you know, I don't know. There's loads of them. Anyway, these people were being attacked, the podcasters, for even daring to discuss Ozil's health. And I guess there is one on one. Now I'm. What were they doubting whether he was well, ill? Was is that no, what you mean? Yeah. So they would, So obviously, what was it seven or eight games now in eighteen months? He has not played due to in quotes illness. And how? Which well, that's is interesting. Accumulatively. How many games have the rest of our squad missed through no, illness? No, no one, no one ever. No, and, 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 no, you, you don't get any other player. I can't think. I mean, you'd know better than me, but like, I can't think of any other player, any other team who's who we constantly hear seven times yeah. in eighteen months. Yeah. If, oh, they're not playing because they're ill. Yeah. And so, but so, my pref, I'm prefacing this discussion <laughs> by admitting it is a morally dubious area because obviously people's health. You're not supposed to cast aspersions if he's ill. If he's ill, but. We have to, we're grown-ups, you know, everyone's talking about it. From, as far as I'm, this is like, you know, if you go down the pub after the game, you're like, what the fuck is happening with Ozil? Yeah. And it's weird, isn't it, that, that after the game, which he was hooked at half-time particularly, it always seems to happen as well, the timing always seems weird, and this timing seems even more, like, handy, that just when he was hooked at half-time after playing terribly, in his chosen position, he's then not playing the next game due to, in quotes, illness. But I'll find out what you think. My, my theory is, for what it's worth... He might have been a bit ill, so because uh, memory said no, it's totally true. He had Qatar. Ask the doctor, right? Now that may be the case. My feeling is, if it had been another player, if it had been, I don't know, Jacker even, who'd been a bit ill with Qatar, he probably would have played anyway. 
And I often go to work with a bit of guitar. I have that I did today and have done all week. Lovely. But I'm not kicking the. I'm not expending as much energy as I well. Maybe I am. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? I think it's weird. That's what I'm saying. And I also think that maybe he likes prefers because he'd be so embarrassed to be dropped and benched because he feels he's such a superstar that he prefers it if he's called ill or whatever than to be sitting there on the bench in a big in a big game because you've clearly been dropped. Discuss. Yeah, I mean, my, my take is slightly different. As, as a journalist who was there in, um, in the post-match press conference after Saturday's game, Emery got asked a lot of questions about Ozil's fitness and Ozil's sickness and whatever you want to call it. And he played a dead bat on every one of the questions. He basically said emphatically he was sick he was ill he couldn't make the game and obviously that's on the back of a lot of speculation I think it was ESPN in Brazil who who broke the original story about him storming out of, of, of Colney my take on it is I don't really care if he stormed out or not the fact is he's on a 350 grand a week contract for four years okay so he ain't going anywhere he's come from Real Madrid they're not going to buy him back Barcelona ain't going to take him Bayern Munich can't afford him Man City don't want him where's he going to go if he has stormed out well you know, we've all played football. We've all sat there on a Sunday morning when the star centre forwards having a go at the manager. Next day they make up. So that's that's the background to it, basically. Mm. So if, if Ozil's sick or not, you know, coming from the fact they've fallen out or not fallen out, it doesn't really matter because he will be in the squad. He will be a vital member of that side. And if he is pretending to be sick, well, he needs to buckle down. Or Emery won't pick him for the next four years, basically, because he's not going to go anywhere else on 350 grand a week. So... You know, he does need to man up a little bit at the same time. That's the, the, the great man Arsene Wenger back in April did, did make the great man. You preface um, every message on with the great man. Are you a fan of Arsene Wenger by any chance? TGM. Because <laughs> <Arsene Wenger. laughs> he 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 in um, he was asked about why Ozil gets sick, and this is like a few incidents yeah. before. And he said, you know, Ozil's immune system is a bit in trouble at the moment, and I don't know why. I hope we can improve that medically. So maybe, maybe it's not impossible. There, there is something there yeah, that we don't know about. We might not know about. It might be sort of, you know, a personal, you know, situation that mm-hmm. he is not, um, you know, happy to put in the public maybe, domain. Or was, it, or was it Wenger being disingenuous again and covering his own back by <laughs> something bigger again. than the ways? Yeah, um, right. I think it's an interesting point. And look, Arsenal are never going to publicly say what's actually happened. Um, from what I actually understand, um, Arsenal hold training now the day before at Emirates Stadium and they do their training session at half three uh, the day before they play the games well they do but they still do Colney obviously they Colney in the morning yeah. and then they go to Emirates to actually hold Prior the training the session the as well, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so the day before the games and that starts at 3.30 from what I understand around 2.45 um, in whatever circumstances you want to believe Ozil left the ground at Emirates Stadium got in his car uh, and didn't proceed with training whether that was because he was ill or if that was for, you know, other Good reasons. Um, <laughs> Good times, so it doesn't help us solve the bloody problem. How many seconds yeah, 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 yeah. Well. Exactly. But um, I think the un- from what I understand, there was, um, there are some acrimonious circumstances surrounding this. You know, whether he was, being... uh, you know, maybe he wasn't happy with the team selection. I don't want to, because I don't know what the actual circumstances were, why he left training. The party line is that he was ill. Mm. But from what um, I understand is he left training, he wasn't too happy got in his car and stormed out. And that's from and the ESPN Brazil report? No, so this is actually from uh, an unnamed source. Right. <laughs> Isn't it true? An unnamed source in the club? Uh, <laughs> so that's a no then. <laughs> right, it's, but isn't it the case, whether, whether you know, I, yeah. I have no reason to disbelieve you, your sure. source or whatever. And I appreciate I, it sounds I, like hearsay, yeah. but you know, I've, I've, I've got confidence absolutely. to believe where it's coming from. Let's face it, like, yeah. though, and Josh, isn't it the case that if he was dropped, he was benched at half-time, it was a terrible yeah. performance, useless. Yeah. 
If he was going to be dropped, which is quite likely, isn't mm-hmm. it, that the manager would have dropped him for this game? Quite yeah. likely. Say he say hypothetically, say the manager said, "I am actually thinking of not playing you tomorrow, Mesut." You know, I just think you know maybe you know just going to try something else. Isn't it entirely likely that Mesut would have been furious and would have, what if not stormed, but just would have gone fuck that this time? Yeah, off. and isn't it quite like it because he he's never been shown, he's yeah. never been treated yeah. that way Which by Wenger, who molly coddled yeah. him. He yeah. could go six months not doing anything, yeah. and Wenger would drop him. Yeah. And so for me, that's my feeling. I'm like, it's all, it's quite likely they could have been a bit ill and yeah. been dropped yeah. and been furious. All of these things could sure. be true, yeah. but the bottom line is he's not giving us what we need. He's mm. not. You have Absolutely. to be real about it. And fair enough that he's not. And didn't the other thing that happened? Isn't it true is that the journalists got an extra little chat with Emery, where he basically met, kind of wryly commented on? They said to him, "Well, you're going to try another um, setup, another, yeah. i.e., meaning without us." And he kind of wryly smiled and went, "Yeah, I was going to try." Something yeah, else. yeah, that was after the, the main press on Sunday. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think there's something in it. I yeah. definitely think it, it was interestingly the last time that he was ill was the uh, West Ham home game. Um, last year at the, in April oh, when we won 4-1 so uh, that was after maybe he just doesn't Friday. like he West Ham hates yeah. West Ham have you noticed he never plays at Newcastle away as well <laughs> it's a conspiracy why not it's a brilliant weekend up there we need to show him the ropes yeah. up there for sure uh, I want to say I love him I mean I've, always, I've, sure. always, I've got yeah. kind of I think, I think he's going to come back in this team and be vital this season yeah. I hope so and I would play I would as I said I've already said I would he's clearly one of our very, very best players. I play, play him, but he's got to contribute more. He's got to move out of his comfort zone, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Would you have signed him before, when he hadn't signed his contract, would you an advocate for him signing on? Yeah, I want him to stay for it, sure. Yeah. At that it, point, it because... Context, because yeah, Arsenal right. was struggling, there was loads of stuff going on. Yeah. Alexis was going. Alexis was going. He was in form. Boost. Yeah. For sure. But I think his agent's laughing all the way at the bank at three and a half. His agent smashed it. And I, think, I, think, I think, I also think that he's started to believe his own press. And I think that's, that, that's my sense of him, that when you become the highest paid player in the history mm-hmm. of a big club like Arsenal, and you're on 350, yeah. and you're on more than, I said this last week, more than Eden Hazard, for example, yeah. it, you, can only not, you can only believe your own press. And therefore, I think he feels he's on a higher plane and needs to be treated on a higher plane. And I feel that is an issue. Yeah. In terms of like illness or his injuries, I mean, he, he's going to have more time this season with no Germany commitments yes. so yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's actually oh, and I think there, he's there been treated Joachim Lowe yeah, yeah, yeah this is said, terrible Ozil agent told me about his retirement he himself did not call me I wanted to speak to him but couldn't reach him I mean, so he's not, re- not returning <laughs> his calls I totally I, I can totally see why <laughs> but he's gonna, I mean that is a big Thing for yeah. you know someone to yeah. give up in, you know him yeah. and Jamie Vardy are going to have more time this season aren't they the two of them oh, they could hang out together by the way <laughs> match made in heaven yeah I, I think the whole announcement you're going to retire from international football when you're Jamie Vardy is preposterous anyway <laughs> when you're entirely and only, irrelevant yeah. <laughs> and the only reason Mesut has re- resigned effectively is because he's so pissed off about the whole yeah. racism issue which is fair enough yeah. So, I think they're different. I don't think Vardy had the same situation. No, <laughs> no. I'm not sure what raises him Jamie Vardy's face. Vardy's just sure. gigantic twat. Never really yeah, yeah. Maybe we have to take that into consideration with his mindset right now. Yeah, yeah. Is he, he in a good place a mentally? Yeah. Um, getting dropped from the Arsenal team on exactly. the back of retiring from Germany, you know, where's his head at right now? Um, we have to watch his space, but naturally on 350 grand a week, everything he does is amplified. Um, yeah. And ultimately, he's just got to step up. Yeah. Can what? I ask Leith a question? Just to yes, just move on. Just about just to is, move it on. <laughs> is Reese Nelson off? Is, that, is he oh, going to half and half? Oh, funny to say that. I was um, I actually asked Emery about Reese Nelson on the back of going to the under 23s against Brighton ahead of going to the under 23s at London Stadium on Friday. And I was expecting him to go, yeah, he's a great player, great talent, blah, blah, blah. And he, again, he was really equivocal. And I remember thinking there's something behind that. And obviously the journalist who broke the story, Chris Wheat, I know quite well, he's a very, very good journalist. He's got a lot of really good sources. Um, I think it will be a loan deal if he does go. I don't think Arsenal will sell him. 
But it, it, looking back on the way Emery answered my question at Colney the other day, it doesn't surprise me now. So, yeah, he's 18. He's still got a long time to go. You know, he, he, he's still learning. He's got a lot of promise there. But again, it's, it's Emery showing, showing his strength by going, well, OK, you played 15, 20 games last year. You haven't done it in training this summer. I'm going to loan you out for six months. Or I was a year. also. I mentioned to you before when we were talking about the Lowell Lacazette or Bramley thing. Whether journalists ask him in the press conference why he's not picking Lacazette from the start, and particularly yeah. did they? And what does he say? Yeah, he, he just comes out with an answer basically that we need to try and fit him in sometimes. But he's gone with a Bramley which mm. is which is what you'd expect from manager. He's not going to give any secrets away. But he has been asked plenty of times. Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing about you talking about, you know, he's been decisive on which players he wants on loans or not. Incredible, Callum Chambers already on the bench yeah. for Fulham. Yeah. yeah, after yeah. What, a couple of games of the season, yeah, yeah. Do five-year contract yeah. at Arsenal. Is he going to get game time now? He wasn't impressive in those first two I, games. I couldn't I, understand. That's a really good point, George. I couldn't really understand that at all. The whole scenario because why give him the contract and then loan him out? And you know, whatever you think of the Arsenal defence trying to play it from the back, and you're, you're absolutely right, they are trying to do that. Mustafi is, is Chambers but what I wonder, far worse than Mustafi? I don't know. Why I, keep? I don't think so. But what I wonder is if he keeps on that bench at, at Fulham. I don't know if they've got the right to recall him if they can, but he could come back and be part of the Europa League and the League Cup squad. What's the point? Yeah. There is no yeah, point. Yeah, there is no, yeah. but honestly, there's no point in him sitting on the Fulham bench uh, and, no, not, and not yeah. playing. I wonder if there is going to be a recall. I mean, I, it's I three games in. It's I early, to try Rob Holding. I'd rather see Rob Holding. Yeah, I love Rob Holding. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob will terrible. get his chance, won't he? In the you know, I mean, the Europa League draws Friday, which is you know yeah. Yeah. exciting. And, you know, it will start in three weeks' time. Three weeks tomorrow. The other thing to mention about Lacazette is this rumor today that he's thinking of leaving. Which is, I mean, obviously, no, it can't be true, can it? He's a bit of a power player, isn't it? He's, just to let, yeah, let the club know, look, I want to yeah. be starting. Yeah, I want to there's be so football. much politics, like you For say, sure, going, yeah. going, going And what the, the hell? What the hell is this Yaya Toure thing? What, he's had <sighs> a medical with a mystery London <sighs> club. Is it us? <laughs> no, it's actually, what, it's not. <laughs> it's in London. but it's, it's Yeah, that's London the thing. Club. A medical can take place anywhere. So oh, the right. agent has said that okay. it's taken, so I think he's being a bit, okay. I mean, it could be that he's not. Please tell me he's not coming We'd have to buy a birthday. It's supposedly, I don't want that egomaniac in our it's right supposed to, yeah, ten, sure. it's, ten years ago it would have been a great signing yeah, now, so. yeah, yeah. I think it's Olympiacos where oh, okay. Skybet okay. to have him as, as favourite to go to Olympiacos okay. who are they their they team play Burnley in the Europa League mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so yeah. Half time that must be tomorrow night they're 3-1 yeah, up Olympiacos yeah. so maybe he's waiting to see Yaya wants to see that they're getting in the Europa League proper we might yet see him at the Emirates this season <laughs> in the Europa League Yaya might well, he, he played didn't he he played as a trialist for Arsenal yes. against what against a game at Barnet and then couldn't get a uh, couldn't get work permit. Afterwards. He played. He played for them. Uh, he's definitely yeah, played for them. Yeah. So he'll be a ret- he'll be returning. Return to. Have yeah. you been watching any of the All or Nothing uh, Boyd Hilton yes. TV? What yes, have you I made have. of that? Well, that's a very good question, Josh. And what I made of it is one big thing I made of it is that I think it backs up my theory, which I've gone on about for the last. What? How long have we been doing this? The, podcast? the great man Arsene Wenger is better than Pep Guardiola. <laughs> no, but what it, it did. <laughs> what it backs up is my theory about why Arsene Wenger was so great in his heyday, at least. Bearing in mind certain people on this regular side podcast think he never even was tactic had any clue what was going on tactic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They know, but what I do think it proves with Pep Guardiola, who is incredible in it, yeah. like absolutely phenomenal presence. Yeah. And my theory about football management is the very best football managers are just the most intelligent and um, and eloquent ones. It's nothing to do with like even even beyond tactics. Like mm. still, even Mourinho, I kind of think I think Mourinho is pretty fucking smart. I know he's a complete egomaniac psychopath, yeah. but I think when he's when that when he manages to kind of quell that, he must be the way he talks to the yeah. players. It's emotional intelligence, isn't it? Emotional yeah. intelligence, yeah. rousing, 
clever, smart, the yeah. little, the way he goes around whispering in all their ears a little thing and they all say, oh, he's, what? and they all look like, oh my gosh, he's supposed to something amazing to me yeah. that I've never thought of in my life. His team, his speeches, he's just an incredible, brilliant, intelligent presence. And I think, obviously, in his hater, so was Arsene Wenger. And I think now Klopp is in, of that ilk. Yeah. Pochettino is very smart and eloquent. And then you compare them to the fucking, what I call, in the kind of, you know, the mediocre British ones. Mm. For example... Twat features um, who criticised Emery a few weeks ago. What's his name? Allardyce, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That for was me, my most read story for a week. Right. I mean, fans respond to Allardyce. Sam Allardyce, who is talk shit, is yeah. like, I'm being, yeah. swearing a lot, sorry. He <laughs> comes across as a very but, bitter man these days. But, you know what, also, though, doesn't, doesn't come across, doesn't come across, but no. doesn't come across as a, a kind of not particularly incredibly intelligent, but, eloquent man. But, Talk These to anyone, elite. hang on, Boyd. Talk to anyone who played under Sam Allardyce and they will say he is the greatest man manager he ever played for. And in a way to do... I honestly, I was, I was on. We we did a big event with Play Legend over the summer. I was on the train home with, with two of his former, two of his former players, and both which I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe how much they were raving about what this guy do, and that you know what it, it wasn't clever tactically, but they knew exactly what they were going to do. Yeah. People forget he got yeah, Bolton to like eighth in the Premier that's League. That's different. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm but, saying okay, there's different I'm not, ways I'm of being a great football tactical. manager. Yeah, but no, but the elite, elite, the ones that go are that extra level, and I'm talking Klopp, Wenger at his peak. Mm-hmm. And forget the tactics. I'm just saying, Wenger is peak, and Pep Guardiola from that incredible series that I find painful to watch because it's like you're watching this, you know, these incredible peak players and this. But he is he he makes the difference between them probably being as good as they were when they had all the money and they and now is just his incredible eloquence and and I think it's it's unique. And it's I don't a good think, documentary. I mean, but that's one my main, that's my main takeaway from sure. it. Yeah. I think I think it's a lot. Sorry, yeah, it's a lot to do with charisma as well. Charisma, charisma, and leadership. And I don't know which for. comes from which basically. It's all but, bound in the same thing: but, charisma, but, intelligence, yeah. eloquence, yeah. all of that yeah. together. Probably show my age, but do you remember the, the, there was a certain breakfast cereal that had an advert and there was a sort of orange ring round. A certain person. Yes. Yeah. 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 Ready break. That, oh, we can yeah. say it. Yeah. Ready break. I love that advert. But yeah. basically, <laughs> it was just when when Guardiola walks in a press conference. Right. When Jose Mourinho walks in a press conference. When Arsene Wenger did to a certain extent. Yeah. Certainly, when when in his heyday, there was a real, real charisma yeah. and a presence and an aura about them. And maybe that fed through to the players. Definitely. Maybe, maybe it was a sort of a, a, some sort of symbiotic relationship with leadership as well. I don't know which sure. came first, but at the same time, the best leaders are charismatic yeah. as well. Definitely, and the transfer of that enthusiasm from the managers to the players, and they really got energized by it. If you look at Wenger in his heyday, you know, really energetic and enthusiastic. Even Mourinho, ten years ago he was yeah. a lot more enthusiastic on the touchline with his players on the training ground you look at Ferguson all the way throughout his yeah. career he was yeah. he had the fire in his belly um, and Guardiola really does sort of yeah. emanate that enthusiasm yeah. obviously the eloquence and intelligence yeah. to transfer it to his players yeah. and you see it on the pitch yeah. when Wenger mellowed yeah. we kind of got, got that style, feeling yeah. that the fire in the belly was gone yeah absolutely yeah. it is a good watch I mean I, you watched yeah. all eight you watched yeah, it all yeah, yeah. yeah I watched I it's finished it yeah. like, um, it's brilliantly done the they're, they're very clever those mm. things because they're very PR'd of course yeah but, but the, yeah. the clever thing about it is it's just shy of being completely pointlessly pro them isn't it it's like yeah. they, they've, do you know what I mean I feel like there's moments where you think oh my god I'm interested they included that in yeah. it just the odd moment enough for it to Enough, not feel like right. a completely I mean, bland it's not bland and, uh, yeah it's very clever and it's kind of a thing that our friend that uh, does as well it's, it's, it's not bland even though it is completely you know um, okayed by them I don't think they have editorial control in fact they don't do they they don't officially like, I think I think how it works is I mean it's an interesting topic well, why didn't we see half time at Liverpool, when Liverpool smashed them in that Champions League game the yeah. one thing I was looking forward to so, from episode one was going can't wait to see what Pep did at half time <laughs> didn't see it I, I think how it works is I think the makers of it kind of say to City 
look, do you mind if we put this in? And if Sissy go, mm, we'd rather he didn't, then they won't. But it's almost like they don't hand over complete editorial. So it's almost like they do kind of, but not officially. What do you think? Well, well, I'm being... Maybe it's just me being a cynical journalist, I don't know, but I can't imagine a club like Manchester City handing over complete editorial control for something like that, because Josh is right. Why not show half-time against Liverpool? Well, I think they don't have to um, give them complete editorial control if, 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 if it's done kind of stealth by stealth anyway. That's my feeling. But, but if they like, put not something out that City were completely furious oh, yeah. about... They're, they're, what I'm saying is they kind of check everything with them yeah. without literally getting them to sit in on the edit and go, no, you can't do that, can't do that. But anyway, this is, it's by, but the question is, does Emery have that? Does potentially, you know, and it's hard, isn't it? Because he's, he's getting better week by week already. When he first started, I could hardly understand what he was saying. Yeah, and he yeah. could hardly under, yeah. say anything either. It, it, his English was pretty poor. It's already getting better, I think. Do we think he potentially has that charisma and intelligence? I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I, I covered the game. You at, see him more than we do. Yeah, I covered the game at PSG a couple of years ago and he was obviously manager of PSG then. There was certain something about him even back then um, I, I've been in sort of diamond level with him uh, with a select bunch of journalists and he there is a presence about him he's not obviously as outwardly charismatic as Pep at the moment but I think that's to do with the language thing as well and I always say as well not, not in a Brexit sub-thumping way because I don't agree that's not my politics at all but I just think he needs to just improve his English a bit, yeah. and he has done, but not not for any other reason as to just to transmit the nuances of his intelligence to the players without anything being lost in yeah. translation. Basically, yeah. that so. does come across in the Man City one. That yeah, yes. of course, there's Spanish when he's talking with his coaches, but when they're in the dressing room, it's English. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one little phrase in English, you're right, exactly. I did. Th- I kept thinking that actually. That's in the back of my mind was. Is Emery's clearly not even in position to be like that at the moment yeah. because of his English but communication is so important isn't it like Pep can say one sentence to them and yeah. they're all like oh my god yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas I don't know if Emery can do that yeah. right now in, in his defence he has come on since oh, I saw yeah, him in May right. and he's learning every day and I think yeah. he's got an intensive tutor to teach him right. English every day but at the same time it's different because right. yeah. Pep is so but, eloquent yeah. so is Klopp yeah, yeah. right now boys if you had to predict how long are we going to have Unai Emery at our club what would you think what would you say how, many, how, do you think, uh, how long do you think he'll last I think he'll last I think Three years. That's exactly what I think. Yeah, yeah but then I guess we'll just become like every other but club. But I think that's kind of most, yeah. I, I don't, I'm Three years is almost par now, isn't like it? most other clubs. Aren't you, yeah. you know, the, I think the whole thing of having someone for 20, 10, 20 years. I think, well, yeah, we'll just come six this year and he'll get, so that's a free, this year's a free hit, getting the like European Neville again. Said, and then, going, then we have to see next year, I guess. I love going Neville on Skype, but he did say something I thought was a bit, the other night he was talking about United and he was saying, you know, United can't be one of these clubs that keeps getting rid of their managers. Well, but Chelsea are and they win things all the yeah. time. It's yeah. like, well, why not? Yeah. If you can win things like that. It comes from the ownership at Chelsea. He's yeah. in it to win it. Uh, and that filters down through the club. At Arsenal, different question. You know, is, are our owners in it to win it? Do they care about results on the pitch? Um, if not, Changing managers every 12 months might not be mm. the, the route to success for us. Oh, Con- no, I'm not continuity, that. Yeah. For sure, but continuity might be. Um, if you just look at Spurs, they've had the same manager. It's painful to say this, but they've had the same manager, the same team for three years. Uh, and whilst, of course, they've not won any trophies and we can mock them for it, we can see a marked improvement on yeah. the pitch of how they play, the style of play, the structure of their play, because they've, they've had that continuity. So we have a responsibility, because the majority of us have called for change, is to wait and give him the time. He gets a bit of a free hit this year, barring a complete disaster. Um, and then next year, after a couple more transfer windows, I think we'll see a truer reflection of Emery. Um, yeah, I think that would be fair to say. Yeah, I completely agree. But yeah. I mean, just, just to play devil's advocate, what sure. would be a good second season for him then? 
I think we've got to be looking at minimum top four next season and a good cup run and trying to win a trophy. You know, he's got to really be, you know, replicating what Wenger was doing towards the end of his tenure. So um, he can get away without challenging for the league again in next season? I think it's a process, you know, ideally, yes. And I think you're absolutely spot on. I think the mark of a, a club that's at the top of their game should be competing for the title. You know, four or five clubs will be in the mix. Only one can win it. But if you're in with a shout in April, I think as a football fan, you yeah. know, we can be pretty yeah. satisfied with that. Um, so, yeah, you know... It changes football's very short termist. I think Gary Neville's really changed his opinion since he got sacked from Valencia after how long, um, and he's saying, "Oh, we've got to give managers however long to, to turn yeah, it around." But, um, but yeah, I, I think you know, I think generally, you know, most Arsenal fans have got their head on their shoulders, and we're going to give him time to change things. Um, you know, Guardiola didn't win the league in his first season. I yeah, think yeah, they lost Everton. Yeah, they had a few hidings in their first season, but we could see the makings. Yeah. And he did, he addressed, yeah. didn't he? I mean, same with Klopp, I think. I mean, yeah. Liverpool, I know Liverpool might have the idea, did get yeah. to the final of the Champions League and they're sure. looking incredible. But to me, just to address yeah. that goalkeeper and that central defence so, yeah. you know, clinically yeah. and just spend yeah. so much money fixing that and it's worked. Yeah. Funny enough, but, if you spy <laughs> world-class players... Did you hear what he said? Well, Guardiola, he literally said, yeah, someone said to him, it was about the money that you spent and he said, yes, I have yeah, the money yeah. to buy good players, yeah. therefore I can implement my, my plan. But you still have to go out and buy the best... Correct. Available and because like, Man United clearly haven't done that. Well, of course, your recruitment needs to be good. Then yeah. it needs to be specific to your needs, and I think they've done that really well. Obviously, yeah. they've got a bottomless pit of money, so it helps. Um, but yeah, so you've got to have good recruitment and make sure you've got a clear plan in place. I think we've got a manager with a plan. Yeah. So the next step is good recruitment. And I feel we've done the recruitment kind of on a smaller scale. Like for me, like, you know, in a, in a very Arsenal way. <laughs> yeah, in a very, in, in kind of. But at least, but still, that's definitely a big step up from, yeah. from Wenger though. Yeah. I feel like Torreira and the goalkeeper are, you know, those Wenger are the big issues we need. So we'll yeah. see in three months' time if both of them are starting. If, to, if they're not starting, <laughs> yeah, well, Torreira's starting. Yeah. Goalkeeper, I think, is a different situation because, you know. I don't know with Czech. Czech's a more of an interesting one because he's obviously made a decision who's my better goalkeeper right now. So does Czech have we to just, make a mistake? Could, just, could Leno yeah. be brilliant in the Europa League and therefore get in? Yeah, we'll but see. that's assuming he actually has a cupkeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably yeah, yeah, that was a Wenger thing. Yeah, 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 yeah who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And it could it's be, not just a Wenger thing. <laughs> it was a, a lot of managers do that. It could be a leadership that. issue. He I know a lot, but not the best all. leader. He yeah. wants Czech oh, yeah, to be the leader true. of the team right now until Koscielny's fit again. And once he comes back, there's some he can make that adjustment. And Czech is quite—I do think he's a very impressive vocal guy. But there's something a bit uncomfortable about the idea that we're just waiting for Czech to make a mistake, then he can be pulled out of the team. That must be quite difficult to have that on your. On your mind as a goalkeeper. I mean, you always know you're vulnerable to a mistake as a goalie, but to probably now feel... I mean, like, let's say I think it's a clangor, we lose 1-0 Sunday. You'd expect Leno to come in for the next no, game. No, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's more, can he play? And we're all saying he can't. And it's like, he's, he's giving mm. them the chance to show he can play the way he wants to play out from the back, as, we, as you were saying. Yeah. If he begins to show that he can, then he'll keep... I think if he carries on like this and clearly can't, and every time they pass it all back to him, which happens a lot, and he kind of gets it, you know, fumbles it or takes too many touches or whatever, then he'll be out. That's my theory. Anyway, we're running out of time. Um, we should quickly mention this is a sad, a sad time because because Kroenke has got the whole club, isn't he? Yeah. Now he's got yeah. all the shares that he needed. Well, some of the Arsenal fans. Some of the Arsenal. Really yeah. Sort of yeah, we're looking to do a story on that. At the moment. Oh, yeah, like AS, yeah, Arsenal Supporters Trust. Yeah, done that as well. Yeah, they're, they're basically holding. I think. Yeah, I, I I wrote this on our very brief note. Some shareholders, including the leading fan group Arsenal Supporters Trust, mm. said they would not accept the offer voluntarily as a symbolic act of defiance against Kronke, even though they can't prevent the American from getting their shares. Only drag the process out a bit Excellent. longer. Good. So they're just, yeah. It's symbolic. It's out. purely symbolic because, of course, they have no choice. It's compulsory. Yeah. Can I just say one thing before you close? I was yes. at the Emirates. I raced back from Emirates press conference to go to the Emirates on Thursday. Um, there's, an, there's an estate called the Elfhorn Estate, which is near the Emirates. 
social deprivation. There's some really, really good kids. They're really, really good people. Um, the kids from there made a film called Drawn Out. It's an anti-violence film. It's an oh. anti-knife film. It was um, premiered at the Emirates last week. It's had more than a million views on, on YouTube. They're absolute legends. I, I interviewed a couple of them. Really, really good kids. They're doing a really great film. Oh, Did a couple of stories. It's going to be in the paper tomorrow. Okay. Huge credit, huge respect to them. So, yeah. Yeah. What's it called again? It's called Drawn Out. It's oh, an anti-knife crime. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then it's basically, it's a bit Ken Loachesque in, in the fact that they've got the kids from the estate to act in it. And it's wow. brilliant. It's, it's quite harrowing. It's challenging, but it's right. a brilliant film watch it it's absolutely fantastic so. oh, okay brilliant yeah definitely well it's that uh, time where we do predict what's going to happen uh, pointlessly in the next game Cardiff well this is our easiest away game of the season on paper they are seen as the weakest go, Premier yeah. League team uh, the goalie's made what two penalty saves <laughs> so uh, that could be uh, could be uh, could be a third Look, this is what this season's about. We're very good at home last season. I assume we will do the same this season. We'll beat most of the teams at home they were expected to. We'll lose to Man City, probably Chelsea, maybe Liverpool, and we'll you know we'll win twelve of the other home games. So it's what we can do on the road is going to decide if Bang we get in the, the top four. Touch, yeah. <laughs> if we cannot beat Cardiff away, I fear for our away you know our away season that it's going to be a bit similar to last year. But you know, one nil. I think oh. we'll, I will scrape it. One nil. <laughs> I, I can't even think beyond that at the moment. It's Arsenal Spurs under twenty threes at the Emirates Friday night. If you're in North London, get down there. It'll be Leith a cracking game. has got about eight events before we get <laughs> yeah, to yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Funny you say that. I'm doing Stevenage Cambridge on the Saturday afternoon as well. So uh, keep an eye on the comic newspaper on that. That is I'm, And then I'm actually filing and driving straight to Cardiff for a night out with some Welsh mates, covering the game on Sunday. Who knows after that? You must that, be exhausted. So. Oh, like if you, so if you do a job you love, you never work a day. Living in the dream. Well. You yeah. should know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just <laughs> have to sit there watching films and TV though, I mean, and Arsenal. It's a tough life. Um, so what's your one? What's your prediction? Um, after all that, you didn't yeah, even come no, up. Yeah, I got yeah. happy then. Almost did. Um, nil nil. Oh no! <laughs> wow. Nil nil for Cardiff. Bloody hell! Boo. I mean, at least we're not letting a goal in. Yes. I can't <laughs> I'm imagine. Happy with that. I can't imagine us not scoring nor Cardiff. No, true. Yeah, probably Dean, four or um, I saw enough in in the Chelsea away game, and I saw enough uh, in the second half against West Ham to suggest we're now going to nick three points away from home. Two uh, one, three one. Uh, I think Aaron Ramsey will be on the score sheet uh, against his former club, uh, and I think yeah, we've got a really good run of fixtures in the next six or seven yeah. games. Yeah. You know, we're not playing anyone of significance until Liverpool. Of significance. Ooh, don't wow. Don't Those ways will definitely come back to bite me. Uh, but but yeah, uh, a win on Sunday. That'd be so two what's out your, two. I'm leaning down to an actual score. Three one Arsenal. Three one. What are you? I'm going for. I th- I guess I predicted two one. Against West Ham, which was nearly the case right until that annoying third goal, just because mm. I wanted the prediction to be right. So I'm going to go for 2 1 again against uh, Cardiff. Yeah, they'll obviously score because our defence is diabolical. <laughs> but we've got to win, as you say. Thanks very Great much. Great to have you back, Boyd. And Great to have you we've back. Got, so we're here next Monday. Yes. Then it's a week off the international break, but we're oh, back yeah. on Monday. Yeah, back on Monday. Thanks, Leith. Thanks, Dean. Cheers. Thank and you. We'll see you then. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Footballistically Arsenal podcast is sponsored by Labrooks. And if you want to check out their great offers, you can go to bet.arsenalpodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.